Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Thursday evening, where we continue to reflect into the richness of the Gospel text this 22nd Sunday of Ordinary Time. And it is Thursday, so I do have Debbie Rizal's uh, in studio with me. So, Debbie, great to have you with me another evening. It's great to be here. So, uh, Debbie, we are going to be shifting next week into some new subject matter. Last week, I had pitched it to our listeners that I wanted to hear from them on what direction they wanted Seeds of Truth to go, and I was going to take that into serious consideration, and it is a slam dunk. (laughs) We are going to go with the Book of Revelation. And now what's different in relationship to what I've done in the past is I am not going to be changing subject matter from one day to the next. We are just going to hit the book of Revelation from one day to the next, okay? So starting this Monday, we are going to start an in-depth study of the book of Revelation. Now, we might be in the introduction, if not the background, for maybe one, two weeks. I don't know. I'm still in preparation mode with this. I'm going to be drawing primarily from the Church Fathers. Certainly there's a lot of contemporary, good contemporary theology on the book of Revelation. And so, yeah, we're just going to take it day by day. If it takes us three months, it takes us three months. If it takes us six months, it takes us six months. Mm -hmm. We are going to treat this as it ought, which means treating it methodically and really engaging each verse for what it is versus you know, what it is not, right? Mm -hmm, Um, right. So I'm looking forward to this study, which also means we will divert from the Scripture for Sunday, Thursday evening. So like I said, from one day to the next, it's going to be nothing but the book of Revelation. Now, if something comes up that I really need to talk about, (laughs) as Friday is our flex programming day, I will certainly look to do that on Friday. Um, And that might be something tied to Pope Francis. Anyhow, I will talk more about that in the uh, upcoming days. I did just want to give all of our listeners a heads up. Uh, Open up your Bibles to the book of Revelation. Become more familiar with the book of Revelation, because that is where we are going to be spending lots of our time. And I'm very much looking forward to this. And so I ask that you pray for me as I pray for you. But, Debbie, before we get to the book of Revelation, we have (laughs) uh, some verses to talk about that we will hear this Sunday that come to us from the Gospel of Luke, and there's lots of insights to be gained from these verses, so why don't you go ahead and and get us going here. Absolutely. We're reading from Luke 14, 1, 7 through 14. On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in in a place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him, and the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, Give your place to this man, and then you would proceed with embarrassment to the lowest place. Rather, When you are invited, go and take the lowest place, 
so that when the host comes to you, he may say, My friend, move up to a higher position, and then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors, in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Amen. So, Debbie, before we talk about anything else, I want to flip something upside down so as to turn it right side up, okay? (laughs) And that's how we think about the Pharisees. Mm -hmm. So often, we hear the words, don't be so pharisaical, or don't be like a Pharisee. Mm -hmm. And yet, while yes, the Pharisees fail at times in the gospel, we also read of Pharisees doing great things, which ought to lead us to say or think, gosh, I wish I could be a Pharisee. (laughs) I'm thinking of Nicodemus. What did Nicodemus do? Well, he was a Pharisee. He defended Jesus before the Sanhedrin. Right. He defended Jesus before the Sanhedrin. He was one who defended the God-man before the culture of death. And could have been martyred for that, oh, by the way. Amen. I want to be like a Pharisee. Mm -hmm. How about Gamaliel, or as he would have been known 2,000 years ago, Rabbi Gamaliel, who defended the apostles Mm -hmm. before the Sanhedrin, Mm -hmm. right? Right. If you read Acts 5, Mm -hmm. uh, who was one of Rabbi Gamaliel's prized pupils? Saul or Mm -hmm. Paul, a Pharisee, right? Who, while in his zealous behavior, might have been a little misguided, still, of course, very genuine in his conviction of faith, and certainly the great apostle, another Pharisee. So all throughout the Gospels, we read of Pharisees doing great things. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Debbie, I want to be a Pharisee. There's another kind of Pharisee that I think we ought to be appreciating, and it's the Pharisee that defends truth. We have to remember the Pharisee believed in the resurrection of mm-hmm. God, right? right? The Pharisee believed that, that the greatest commandment was to love God first and then to love neighbor, mm-hmm. okay? So the Pharisees were like-minded to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in more ways than one. And I think we have that tendency to forget that. Absolutely. Now, why am I talking about this? It's just not to appreciate who the Pharisee is. It's also to take a step back and to appreciate or to ask the question, how do I do this today? Right? How do I do this today? How do I lump this person in to this whole large group just because they identify with the group? Mm-hmm as opposed to getting to know the person for who they are. Mm -hmm. And I I think today, Debbie, we have the tendency to do that, and we do that often. Oh, gosh, yes. And so we have to reevaluate and look at this a lot closer. You and I have talked about it before. We cannot be the Christian Catholic that we are called to be to one another if we are about lumping this person into some larger group. And by that I mean not getting to know the person we are talking to, not being able to listen because we think we know what this person needs to hear. Uh, Something so much bigger is going on, 
and we do need to start entering into that. Jesus Christ was very attentive to each and every person that came before him, right? Mm. Even if they touched him. (laughs) Who was it that touched me? Someone Mm -hmm. touched me. Are we like that? Or do we just say he or she is a is a Mormon. He or she is a Cherokee Indian. What does that mean anyways? Right, <laughs> right? Right, right. Are we not called to love as God calls us to love? Mm-hmm. Yes, they're going to have uh, differences of doctrine. But how about getting to know the person for who they are? Because each and every one of us, Debbie, has a story to tell. And that story is very different than anyone and everyone else. And we need to start entering into this if we're going to be just not good evangelists, yes, but good Christians, good Catholics, Christians and Catholics who love as God calls us to love. When Nicodemus went to Jesus by night, he didn't not talk to him because he was a Pharisee. Right. No, he engaged him. Right. He engaged him for who he was. And I think that is the point here that, that I'm after. We need to start getting beyond the labels and getting to the person. So let's look at this um, this wedding feast. What is it? Uh, this wedding banquet that mm-hmm. Jesus has been invited to. A Pharisee invited him. Lots of hobnobbers evidently are there, we are presuming, because he talks about, you know, uh, you seem to only invite your brothers, your sisters, and the wealthy to this. Yeah. And, and he noticed. Isn't that he interesting? Noticed. We were just talking about being present. He noticed everything that was going on. Nothing passes him, right? Oh, yeah. And, and they were, and what's interesting about this, there's so much in this little reading. It says he was invited to this, the home of this Pharisee, and the people were observing him carefully. Now, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters, do you think that means they were hoping to learn a bunch? Oh, my gosh, the prophet's here. Oh, Mary and Joseph's sons here. You know that wise kid? Do you yeah. really think that's going through their mind? Or is it, what is he doing here? Mm-hmm. What is he doing here? That troublemaker. I hear he's a heretic. Okay, so we have this this whole scenario here. I'm sorry, does this sound familiar? It sounds familiar because we want to label. It's very easy for us to stick people in groups because then it, we're comfortable. Oh, they're a liberal they're a conservative, they're a this, they're a that. And then we can group them comfortably. Mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with them because I have nothing in common with a liberal, those bleeding hearts. Oh, and I don't have to deal with this group because I have nothing in common with them. You know, they're, yeah, they're Mormon, they're this, mm-hmm. they're that. Oh, they're heretics. Excuse me, be careful. Yeah, That's your brother, your sister in Christ. Yep. And you're called to love them. The rain and the sun falls on them just yep. as well as on you. Amen. And anytime we start doing this labeling, I'm so glad you brought this up because it's such a temptation. It's such a temptation to think we don't have to deal with certain people because they're not like us. Nothing could be further than the truth. Amen, Debbie. What we have to enter into is God's providence and ask the question, Lord, why is this person before me? Right. Why are you calling me to engage this Mormon, this fellow Catholic, yeah. whoever it might be? Because you want to show me something about your love and at the same time, something about me, how I'm called to grow. Brothers and sisters in Christ, conversion is 24-7, 365. It yes. never stops. It, it never stops. And so we always have to be asking that question, Lord, what is it that you want to reveal to me? Mm-hmm. And do so with a heart that loves right. being present to that person. 
Right. And we can only appreciate this, Debbie, I'm convinced, if we do understand that nothing is coincidental, Uh-oh. but all is God incidents, and, and God wants us to see in the end that each and every encounter is ordained by him. Absolutely. And I don't care who you are out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And that includes, Debbie, maybe I'm flying out to Pennsylvania and I find myself stuck in between two people that I don't yeah. know and they make me uncomfortable. Maybe uh-huh. they smell. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. God wants me to be present to them in the same way I might be present to, I don't know, an archbishop or a cardinal or, or right. someone of prominence. Or Jesus himself. Yes. Well, that's right. <laughs> because what? I'll be sitting next are to we, Jesus. Yes. Are we not sitting next to Jesus yeah. when we are sitting next to our brother or sister in Christ that God has ordained us to be next to? Right. Um, this is very concrete. This is very real. Debbie, as you and I leave this studio today, we are going to encounter the very thing we talk about and... What does that mean for us? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go to Lowe's. I'm going to have to go to Home Depot, and I'm going to be encountering certain people. And you want to know what, Debbie? God is going to call me to be present to these people as if they were the last people I would ever see on earth. I mean, think about that. I feel that it is important that you know, we talk about this because it's just far too easy, not only not to talk about it, but not to deal with it, mm-hmm. because far too often... We find ourselves in the company of those who we may not get along with. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not talking about those who we have differences of doctrine with. I'm talking about a brother or a sister. And I'm just not talking about a brother, sister in Christ, a biological yeah. brother, yeah, sister, yeah, yeah. an aunt, an uncle, Family. so on and so forth. Yes. Sure. How are we called to be present to them? Right. Okay. Now, something else about this banquet. There appears to be a game of expectation, mm-hmm. right? If I do this for you, you will do this for me, okay? If I'm kind to you, you're going to be kind to me. This fails Christianity. Oh, yeah. Because ultimately, yes, it is. Yeah, one point for you, Mm -hmm. one point for me. What does it miss? Well, what God is all about, love. If what we do is conditioned to what we get back in return, then again, we have failed Christianity. Mm -hmm. We love for the sake of others not for the sake of self. As we have said, the great Thomas Aquinas definition, love is to will the good of the other. So if we are entering into that, willing the good of the other, then we seek nothing in return. We seek nothing in return. So it is not about this game of expectation that we so often play. Mm -hmm. And this really, I think, Debbie, gets to the heart of that great old Christian battle cry of what operates your motives? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why do you do what you do? Because that is the end game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is the end game. Where is your heart? If we are asking that question each and every morning or each and every night in our examine, I tell you what, Debbie, we will be well on our way to sanctity and holiness. Because if we can root that question in love as it is defined on the cross, then we are well on our way. But if we're not asking that question... We are vested with the flesh, Debbie. And over time, we will do things so as to get things in return. Certainly, our culture is drunk with that right now. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we need to enter into that virtue of recollection where we draw back so as to be able to ask that question and evaluate our lives so that they might be a reflection of God. And I think this is one of the wonderful blessings of uh, Pope Francis's pontificate, his ministry, 
is he is really challenging us to put love as an action verb, to quit talking about love, 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 love. I don't think half of us have a concept of what true love is. And he's challenging us that true discipleship of Christ is an action word. Love is an action word. Mm -hmm. It's where the rubber hits the road of your Christianity, of your walk, of your discipleship. Jesus just didn't go around hugging folks and called it love. He was in there in the trenches of healing, listening, walking. I just, you know, I I looked at a map of just the journey of his three years. Um, He got around. (laughs) He did. And and never count the cost. No. You know, he didn't say, well, I'll come to your town if you, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you do a little payback here. It was just the spirit led and they went and they lived on divine providence. We do that in our daily lives if we get up and say, who is it you're going to place in my day today? And there's a sense of adventure in that, Debbie. There is. We all, yes, we all uh, look for the amazing. We all want to be surprised by what is exciting. Um, We're always looking for the adventure. Well, let God surprise you. Let God be your amazing. Let Jesus be the one who gets you excited about life. And all you have to do is, yeah, Debbie, you put it well. <laughs> Lord, what are you going to show me today? Engage him. Yeah. Let God surprise you. In the days, and Lord knows I'm not always the best at this, but gosh, Debbie, in the days where I've gone before God and I've said, you know what, Lord, I want you to surprise me today mm. with the people I'm going to encounter. Wow, did he surprise me. We have to be present to something here, Debbie, that the image of God is in our soul. And if we're going to acquire the eye to see the ways of God, then we, yeah, must be rooted in the humility that we read about in today's gospel reading. Mm -hmm. Because God wants us to see as we are made to see. And yeah, we do it in that virtue of being little, that virtue of being humble. Mm -hmm. It changes the way we go about our day. It changes the way in which we encounter one another. You know, before this radio program, I was, of course, at, well, a coffee shop, right? Mm -hmm. And in the span of 30 minutes, Debbie, I saw four different people that I have not seen in a long time. Now, as the second person came into my midst, I thought, wow, I haven't seen you in a long time. And I just got out of this last conversation. I was thinking, okay, Lord, you're doing something. You're surprising me. Yeah. You're surprising me. And out from all four of those conversations, I had an extra kick in my step because of the nature of the conversations, because of what was shared, so on and so forth. So you never know what God is going to do. We need to let God surprise us. And we can only do so, again, if we are humble, right? If we're not so preoccupied, as we've Mm -hmm. talked about before, when Jesus says, do not worry, do not be anxious, the Greek there literally translates as do not be preoccupied. So don't be preoccupied with what you can't control, but just enter into who I put before you and what you can control and let me surprise you. And you know, it's, it's perfectly great and fine to plan your day. Just don't be so regimented that you forget to see. And I think that's what God does so well in us is he helps us to see, not just to look at something, but to see a person, to see a situation, to see an opportunity. And that's what he's asking. Just let me help you see. 
through my eyes. Amen. That'll bless your day. Yes, and I call those mystical encounters. Mm-hmm. Debbie, we are all <laughs> called to be mystics in this sense. We are baptized into the very life of God. We are incorporated into the life of God, which means we are made to live a life in the Spirit, which means we are called yes. to live mystically. Yes. We are called to live in a mystical way, to see each and every encounter as one where God desires us to see something new. Mm-hmm. Because in a more general sense, when you talk about mystical theology, you always put it in the context of just not looking at something, per mm-hmm. se, but you look into it, through it, seeing the new depth dimension beyond it. Mm-hmm. As the mystics right. like to talk about it, the river beyond the river, the mountain beyond the, the mountain. And in that, you see God. Yeah. And I think that's what's so exciting about this adventure that we call Christianity when we turn our life over to him. So what is it that the, uh, the poor and the crippled and the mm. lame and the blind can teach us? They must be important people, right? Because Jesus says, those are the ones you should be inviting. Those are the ones that have something to teach you. I think we ought to challenge ourselves here, Debbie. He means this literally. Mm-hmm. He's not speaking in some figurative sense here. Mm-hmm. He means this literally. I talk with my, my mother and talk with in-laws and I talk with some older folks that I, I know well. And something that, that they all have in common is that they would always hold an extra place for someone who just might come to their door. Mm. And I'll be honest, Debbie, you know, my wife and I don't do that. Mm -hmm. But as I was reading this text, I said to God, you know, God, (laughs) we're going to start doing this. Mm -hmm. And not because someone might come over by chance, but Lord knows in the city of Chico, California, there are a lot of homeless, a lot of homeless. And yeah, you have to be careful. You have to be prudent about who you invite into your home. But understand something, Jesus Christ is telling us to invite those who are on the margins inside our home, literally speaking. Right. This is what Jesus said, and this is what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. Certainly, this is what Pope Francis is talking about. Absolutely. And in so doing, he's only echoing Christ. So we are made to take this verse literally. Mm -hmm. And I would challenge all of our listeners, as I'm challenging myself, to be more open to what this means. Yes, it's important to, when we encounter the homeless, as God would have us providentially encounter the Mm -hmm. homeless, to be present to their needs. Mm -hmm. But what about the invitation? How important is that? Have we not talked before, Debbie, about the priority of the invitation? Mm -hmm. That before anything else, it is Jesus who is knocking on the door of our heart. Even our response is one that is imbued with grace. Because God has already put it inside of our hearts. All is grace. Mm -hmm. What did St. Augustine once say? Give yourself over to God and then do what you please. Well, how does that work? Well, if you give yourself over to God, then what you do is what's going to be pleasing to God. Right. right? And maybe before anything else, that which pleases God in relationship to this gospel text is inviting those homeless, those poor, those crippled, those lame— into our homes, just, Debbie, as he invites us into his home, right? right? The home of his heart, right? right? The home of the church. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Amen. I told Joe earlier, I said, you know, a truly humble person is not swayed by accidentals. They aren't swayed by riches and wealth and power, and they are not swayed 
into despair with loss or failure or any of those things. And I just, of course, am drawn to Mother Teresa. And mm-hmm. this, the minute I read this uh, passage, I just thought of her. Um, who else was better at inviting the poor, the lame, the blind into her home than she was? And she was the most recognized person on the planet while she was here, mm-hmm. um, I think, loved by all. She wasn't swayed by that. She wasn't swayed by a king any more than she was the beggar on the street. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think she was attracted to the beggar on yeah, the street. <laughs> as, as she reflects the love of God, what yeah. we learn about the love of God by gazing at soon-to-be St. Teresa of Calcutta is mm-hmm. that God is attracted to brokenness. Yeah. Right? That's God's mercy. God is attracted to brokenness. And while his love is unconditional, he's going to love the saint as much as he loves the sinner. Yep. He's attracted to brokenness. Yes. And Mother Teresa was attracted to brokenness for that very reason, because she was, in so far as our human eyes can see, the example par excellence of how God loves. Yes. It's not conditioned to prominence. It's mm-hmm. not conditioned no. to honor. And this is what the gospel hits today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that verse. Your, your master will see. He sees everything that we do. Right. Our Lord asks over 300 questions. It's not because he didn't know. (laughs) It's because he wanted us to take ownership of what we were actually saying or what we were actually doing. Think about stuff. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) We are made to think critically about what we're doing. It really goes back to the heart of our our message today. You know, why do you do what you do? And so if he's going to get us looking at that a second time so as to be a better Christian, a better Catholic, then he's going to ask the necessary question. And certainly... This is what's going on in the gospel today. But I'm grateful you brought this up, Debbie, because it is so important. And I'm looking up at the clock, and we are out of time, but I just wanted to close with one last thought. You brought up Pope Francis. He said something some while ago, and I know we talked about this on our evening that is devoted to Pope Francis, but it's just too important not to talk about again. He said, when you talk about relationships and God's love, there are two very important phrases we need to integrate in our daily life. I'm sorry and thank you. Yes. I'm sorry and thank you. So essentially, forgiveness and gratitude. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness and gratitude. That's how you restore relationships. That's how you bring about a new life-giving community because there's so many fractured relationships and there's so little gratitude. Right. I might close with one more challenge for our our listeners, Debbie. Are we saying, I'm sorry and thank you enough? And are we doing it from the heart? Mm -hmm. As I challenge our listeners, I challenge myself. Lots of challenges, right, this Mm -hmm. evening. But these are healthy challenges because challenges draw out those things that we need to be present to so as to become the person that God is calling us to be. So when was the last time you said, thank you? And when was the last time that you said, I'm sorry? And not because someone said, say you're sorry or say thank you like a father would to a a child, but no, because love invites you into it. All right, let's close with a word of prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you.
Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 5.30 here on KKXX. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.